You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at the one and only St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll Rochester, Med City. Uh, what an exciting conversation we had with uh, Bill Lemire of the Labore Society. Again, rescuevocations.org if you uh, want to find out more about that, uh, that organization. Uh, up next, as I uh, kind of not so gracefully tried to uh, give a tease before the break and uh, got choked on my words, but uh, uh, kind of a different way uh, to support vocations in a way, voc- uh, foster a, a deeper relationship with the, with the church through liturgical living and things like that. Uh, our next guest is Stephanie Aquila, and she has a blog called His Girl Sunday, and there's a lot of fantastic things uh, to go with that blog, and we'll get into them here uh, as we go through the interview. So welcome, Stephanie. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me, everybody. Could you tell our listeners a little about about yourself? Yes. So my name is Stephanie Aquila, and I am the Director of Liturgical Life for the Co-Cathedral of the Sacred Heart in Houston. And I am also the founder of a ministry called His Girls Sunday, which seeks to help um, individuals, families, with and without children, um, uh, parishes, and groups live a liturgical life. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. But first, I don't think I've I've ever met someone who's a di- director of liturgical life. Uh, could you explain a little <laughs> bit about what that role is, what that means? Yeah, I feel a little bit like a unicorn because, you know, you meet like a director of liturgy. And I always tell people, I'm like a director of liturgy adjacent. So <laughs> I help. Uh, I do help at the cathedral with a lot of our liturgies, but more so what I do is um, I help build a sense of devotion and uh, Catholic culture and tradition within the larger community. So, um, you know, for example, I help with, um, or I coordinate First Friday devotion, and so we do a big event, we do dinner every First Friday, we have Mass, we have confession, we have a guest speaker. Um, I help parishes around our archdiocese with uh, celebrating their feast days, so their mm. namesakes. Um, I help with, you know, putting on opportunities to pray the rosary or go to adoration. We do candlelight adoration at the cathedral. Only candlelight is so gorgeous. But um, So that's kind of what's at the heart of my job. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, is that... Uh, is, um I'm trying to ask the question, getting choked on my words. But um, how did you uh, first decide to sort of uh, go into ministry? Uh, I went into ministry at the age of 19, and I did uh, youth ministry. And then I got a degree in theology. My master's is in theology. And so my entire life, I have only and ever worked for the church. And Hmm. um, I guess at a very young age, I felt very drawn and comforted by Mass and confession and just the beauty of our Catholic faith. And, and, and the church felt like home, sometimes more than my own home felt like home. And I just mm. knew that um, that's, where, that's where God wanted me to be, was to help everyone feel this sense of peace and joy in their own life and to kind of help draw people into that. 
So how did the, um, did, was the job title originally director of liturgical life when you took it? Or is that something that kind of developed over time and you were like, no, this is actually like what I'm doing. So let's change the title of my job. Good question. So his Girl Sunday actually came first. Um, I have a background in uh, doing communications for parishes, and so I was doing that while I was doing his Girl Sunday. And um, so I was, you know, offering resources, giving talks, um, just kind of promoting that lifestyle in whatever way that I could. And the priest at the co-cathedral of the Sacred Heart saw that and wanted that on a parish scale, and I was already trying mm. to do that on a parish scale, more kind of contract-based, gotcha. and um, and so that title developed out of my own ministry. Oh. Gotcha. So your blog kind of led to your job, kind of, sort of. Right. Like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then do you just, because you're at the co-cathedral, do you just work for them, or do you do other things with the diocese? I, I do other things with the diocese as well. So I do, um, there are a couple of parishes around the area that I have some contract liturgical living work with, whether that be um, creating resources for them, printables, calendars, anything to kind of help their parish see what's coming up and how to engage, um, or by giving talks or by putting on events. And so um, there, there's a handful of other parishes that I do this kind of work with. Now this this is kind of a an a, a new thing in a way uh, for a lot of Catholic parishes, right? Focusing specifically on liturgical living. I think so. Yeah, it it, it should be intuitive, right? Because right in the theory, Church is inherently liturgical, um, and they there are tons of documents that talk about you know liturgical documents that talk about the liturgical life of the faithful, and they use that language. But I think it's kind of new in that we're trying to unpack like, what is the domestic church? What does that look like? What does liturgical life look like, not beautifully written in a document, but on the ground in my life in a personal way? Mm. Which is great because I think, um, like, we went to church every Sunday when I was a kid, but we never talked about the faith at home. And then, like, I see some families that do liturgical life really well, and I think, oh, my gosh, we sucked at that. Like, <laughs> and, and it really, I'm sure it's just like this, it's just what their parents did, and they did what their parents did. So, to me, it's really exciting, and I know our diocese here at Winona Rochester has... Um, they would like each parish to run like family events every month now. So I think that's really great that you're already doing what we're kind of like starting to focus on here, which is awesome. So I may be calling you later. (laughs) Please do. I would love that. I'm glad it's spreading like wildfire. Kids spread. So um, we've been throwing around the term liturgical living, uh, having a liturgical life. Could you maybe explain that a little bit for someone who might not have encountered that term before? Sure. So that looks like taking the taking what we do in the Mass and in the sacrament, which is praising God, uh, be sacrificial, be prayerful, be celebratory, into your day-to-day life, kind of leaning into the liturgical year, leaning into feast days, uh, leaning into seasons, and allowing that to kind of uh, open up your life to follow Christ more closely than, say, like the academic year, which we tend to cling to because that's, you know, most of our families are um, 
looking at the calendar and they're and they're um, organizing themselves and they're planning based off that. So right. really, it's kind of shifting focus to the life of the church and the year of the church, and drawing kind of grace and action and behavior from that. So, kind of like, how do you live your faith in a, in a, in a different kind of way? Right. Me or you are saying kind of generally. Oh yeah, just like in general, yeah, just like because yeah. that's always that's always a big question people have is like, how do I live out my faith? Like, I go to church and like I'm checking some boxes, and how do I really actually incorporate it into my life? Like, not just when I have a time slot, um, you know, set aside for it. Right. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. And and the beauty of liturgical living is that it can look so different from person to person, right? Like some people may be more inclined to do certain things or certain prayers or certain activities or um, these days than other people. And and that's kind of, you know, when you look at the saints, like all the saints have different devotions and way of expressing joy and festivity and celebration and tradition, closeness with God, and, and we can all do that too. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, like you said, there's, there's lots of different ways to pull that in that are kind of uh, relevant to a specific family. Just like, you know, if you think of different families, if you want to call them that, in the church religious orders, right? They each have their own kind of devotions, their own kind of calendar that they go through in a year, and that kind of helps build sort of an identity and, you know, living out uh, living out the faith uh, as part of your daily life, but that's not mm-hmm. something that's just reserved for people in a convent or people in a monastery, right? That's mm-hmm. something that all mm-hmm. of us are supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah, I love the the way you use the term identity, and that's so true, because what you do is you kind of form this own um, Catholic family culture, and I use, the, I use the term family loosely because it, you could do this as a, an, an individual, you could do this as a single person, you could do this engaged, you could do this married without kids, or with kids, or retired, um, and you're just kind of forming, like, this is the way I live, this is who I am, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, we're coming up on the break kind of soon, but uh, before we do, could you maybe give, you know, we've been talking kind of in high concepts, maybe some concrete ways in which people might incorporate liturgical living into their daily life? Sure. So first and foremost, prayer, right? Mm. So the liturgy is, is prayer and praise of God, and prayer is an integral part of imitating the liturgy in our daily life. So what does your prayer routine look like and what do you go what types of prayer do you go to? Um, other other things that I always encourage are, you know, certain activities or traditions. The church is full brimming with traditions that we don't even always hear about. Um, so that's kind of what I help to provide to people are, are things they can go to every year. Um, food is a, a part of something we do in my house, but food can be a really fun way of bringing people together to celebrate. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I know we have to get to that break, but those are some of the big things for me. Prayer, activity, food, um, parish, uh, getting involved in your parish. Sorry, I wanted to get that one out real quick. <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I first started running across your stuff on Facebook, and I remember for the Assumption, for example, it was, uh, wasn't there a little uh, uh, picture of the Blessed Mother you could print out and put on top of your, your cookies with marshmallows on them or something like that? Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> yes. 
And <laughs> it might wanted Mary to ascend from our sugar cookies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it might sound kind of kind of silly to some people, but it's a real you know concrete way to incorporate it into your daily life. That's really kind of simple, right? Yeah. Right. So simple. Yes. Absolutely. Within everyone's reach. Fantastic. Awesome. So uh, if you're just joining us now, uh, Melissa Scaccio and Nick Medelsky here at St. James Coffee, the one and only St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota, uh, Med City. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Uh, speaking with Stephanie Aquila, uh, who is the Director of Liturgical Life at the Co-Cathedral of the Sacred Heart in Houston, Texas, um, and also the, uh, the author, owner, operator of uh, His Girl Sunday uh, Liturgical Living blog, and we'll be talking more about that after we come back from the break. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live this morning. Um, I'm Melissa Scacio here with Nick Medelsky in our beautiful St. James Coffee here in Rochester, Minnesota. And if you're just joining us, we just came back from a break where we started talking with uh, Stephanie Aquila, who is the Director of Liturgical Life down in Houston, Texas, at the Co-Cathedral of the Sacred Heart. And um, Stephanie, I, I see on my notes here that you're a ballet dancer. And I was just wondering if yes. you could um, um, share a little bit about that and how maybe that has kind of connected things for you theologically. 
Oh, the deep question. <laughs> the deep. I know. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I uh, started ballet dancing at three and um, was in that world for most of my life. Over 25 years was spent um, either training or performing or competing or helping other dancers uh, train for their competitive or professional life. And so... Um, ballet was a, was an outlet for me, a really uh, beautiful part of my life that kind of brings me a sense of beauty and peace and transcendence because it's, I love the way that dance connects with the liturgy. Um, and I recently heard a, a, a quote from Thomas Merton who, who likens the two together, that the liturgy is like a beautiful ballet dance. Um, just in the way that all of the, all of the things come together in this coordination um, and kind of lift you up into seeing something beautiful that is not that like you're a vessel for it, but it speaks to something else, right? It tells a different story of something that's beyond us, right? It's like transcendental um, mystery and beauty and like, I don't know, in just such a human way. And um, yeah, so ballet and my Catholicism, that was an interesting uh, story. <laughs> well, that's great. I know I just recently started ballroom dancing and I'm just like the form and order. I just feel like it's, it just reflects the liturgy. It's just like, there's a form, there's Absolutely. an order, you know, people love that even if they don't realize they love it. And then, you know, letting someone lead you and oh yeah, it's just like, who would have thought right. dancing would have so much to do with like reflection into your life of faith. Oh, ballroom dancing, man, good for you. That's amazing. I'm not the greatest at it yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Um, back to back to the blog, because uh, you said kind of the blog is what sort of kicked things off to, to lead you to where you're at now with the uh, the the job at the Co-Cathedral there. Uh, so the blog is named His Girl Sunday. How did you come yeah. up with that name, and what does the name mean? <laughs> So I grew up on all things uh, vintage and um, Lucille Ball, I was Lucy, and, and just vintage movies. And um, His Girl Sunday is a spin off of a very popular phrase, a uh, more vintage phrase called His Girl Friday. Mm-hmm. And a His Girl Friday was, um, it, it, it's its own movie as well. So if you haven't seen that, uh, go watch it. It's a great one. The dialogue is amazing. But um, anywho. His Girl Friday is all about a girl, a, a woman that's kind of like a right-hand woman. And mm. that is essentially what I felt my role was, or that my ministry could be to my own family, you know, my husband as the leader of the family, that um, kind of a right-hand woman to, like, you know, help cultivate this sense of liturgical life in, in a bigger way, um, you know, kind of helping God. Um, to minister and to serve, and for parishes and those kinds of things. So it kind of it, it kind of was a play off of uh, that vintage phrase. Very cool. Yeah, I I, I figured it was. Um, and those uh, there might some of our listeners might be familiar with the film and the in the phrase, which I think used to be a lot more commonly used. That his girl Friday. I don't know that it's yes. uh, as common anymore. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> well, there you go. And I'm older than, than <laughs> Stephanie, so I'm feeling like like I'm like ineptly educated right now. <laughs> I might have to Google this. Okay. There you go. I just made your weekend plans for you then. You did. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to make time to squeeze that in. So, so uh, how did how did you come up with the 
the idea how how did you i guess get started with blogging, blogging yeah and and dedicating a blog to liturgical living um well my husband and i just were gifted with an abundance of beautiful traditions uh, my family not being as catholic admittedly but gave me a lot of seasonal and traditions and, and activities and community things that we got involved in every year. And it really just um, brought, you know, it, it, it brings you to life to know that, you know, out of the ordinary rigmarole, <laughs> that there will be fun and there will be community and there will be things to be joyful over. Um, and then when I got into my uh, husband's family and, and started being around them more, I saw that they had a lot of liturgical traditions, kind of things that they were doing that before the phrase even became popular. And, um, you know, just Catholic tradition and Catholic culture in the home. And so when we got married, we wanted to continue that, and we, we had already been living those things. It's just a part of our life. And I thought, you know what? Life has been marked. Our lives have been marked. You know, we're not, we don't have perfect home lives. Um, with certain sufferings that have been very difficult. And I don't want to wake up one day and think, we didn't really live. We didn't really praise God. You know, when we had, well, we had this opportunity that even in the midst of um, life and, and the things that it throws at you, good, bad, ugly, boring, what have you, that God can be praised at all times. And I'm not the only one living this life. And so other people can have what brings our days joy in their own home, if I just share it. And so it was a matter of kind of overcoming um, fear, you know, and putting yourself out there. Not not about me, but, you know, opening your heart because these things are so intimately tied to our family life and, and the, the way that we, you know, do things and the way that we praise God and so, and just kind of, putting it out there and, and see if people enjoy it and if people can make it their own. Oh. So logistically speaking, how much time do you have to put into having a blog? Like, cause that was really blogging was really big for a while. I never really like read them yeah. or got into them, but like how, how much effort do you have to put into maintaining that? Well, you know, writing a post, or it, especially if I have something on my heart or my mind, um, doesn't take me that long. And like I said, I have a uh, master's in theology, and we, that's all we did was learn to write and just, you know, put it out there. Um, it's the resource making that really can take a little bit more time, creating the idea, you know, kind of putting the ideas down and, and dropping all the resources that people will need in one place. We're working with parishes to say, like, okay, this is how you can bring your community into this. Like those things, this is like a part-time job. <laughs> so. Well, thank you for doing it. I mean, that's, and I'm, I'm presuming you, it's, do you get a compensation for running your blog now that it kind of ties into your job, or is that still something you're exclusively doing, like, on your own? That is exclusively on my own. So, you know, the, the cathedral job is my full-time job, and that's, you know, it, it everything lines up, and that's how I'm able to make a lot of, my resources on his Soul Sunday free because I do have another job. I don't have to solely rely on his Soul Sunday to put food on the table. But his Soul Sunday does have, um, on September 19th, I'm opening what I'm calling Liturgy Market. And it's all of the things um, that we use seasonally to enhance our liturgical life. You know, the Advent calendars or uh, the Memento Mori banner for All Hallows Eve. You know, these things that we put up that kind of help enhance our liturgical life will be on the website for people to purchase on September 19th 
And it will all be organized by liturgical season. Hmm. Um, oh, wow. And that will kind of help me <laughs> to, hmm. to keep the resources free. Right. So, um, it, and, uh, so what sort of resources, uh, people go to the blog, uh, some people who maybe aren't familiar with, with blogs or, or don't necessarily read blogs, it's not exclusively a blog, right? It, I mean, it probably started that way, but there's a lot of different right. resources and things available. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what they can find when they go to the website? I guess first, should give, should give the address for the website <laughs> and then uh, what they can find there. <laughs> sure. So if you go to www.hisgirlsunday.com, you will see uh, right now three different sections that are up on my website. I just rebranded to kind of try to make sense of it all, but one of the sections is called Liturgy Home. So it's Liturgy Home by His Girl Sunday, and what you'll find there are two different sections. So one is called Liturgical Living Resources, and those are really uh, geared towards certain seasons, certain feast days, certain saints, solemnities, and it's a compilation of my research and, and, you know, kind of bringing in, like, traditions that I've found that people aren't doing anymore or the ones that I'm seeing pop up that, you know, I'm trying to keep them going. Um, and then mm. there's also just my writing, which is kind of a different subsection. Um, yeah. they, can also, they can also go to Liturgy Kitchen, which is my, they're my recipes, picture by picture. I cook uh, frequently saying, does this look right? And so... Um, <laughs> They're, uh, you know, they're written so that you can see exactly what it should look like, and I tie in why I'm making that food on that feast day, and, and so Liturgy Kitchen helps you to kind of bring people around the table and celebrate feast days. Well, Nick has it and up then, right now, and I'm super impressed yeah. at the food, because I don't cook very much, and I'm just like, wow, that is amazing. Thank you for that, because I'm like, I'll, I'm self-taught. I'm, you know, I became a wife, <laughs> so I cook, and you figured it out. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with my dad the other day, and he's like, you don't cook? I'm like, okay, that was the old me, Dad. Like, I'm, I'm a new woman now. <laughs> there you go. But, but yeah, everything on there is very much arranged by, uh, by month, um, and there's a few recipes for each month to kind of help you tie it in. Like, I, I saw the blackberry cobbler for uh, September 29th, uh, because that's tied to you know this old tradition that St. Michael the Archangel uh, kicked someone, kicked Satan out of heaven into a blackberry bush. Anyway, coming up on a break, there's the music. we got to go. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. We can talk about this forever. Thank you. HisGirlSunday.com. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. 